The National Desk, Conversations, America's News Now. I'm Jane Jeffcoat, and welcome to Episode 19 of the National Desk Conversations. Every weekday, we invite newsmakers onto our morning television broadcast to discuss topics everybody's talking about. On today's podcast, we revisit our conversation with pollster Frank Luntz. But first, GOP Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. The Supreme Court ruled against President Biden's vaccine test mandate for businesses, saving thousands of jobs for American workers. But my next guest argues the fight against mandates is still far from over. Joining us right now, RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. Chairwoman, great to see you. Good morning and Happy New Year. Great to be with you. Happy New Year. First, let's talk about your reaction to learning the Supreme Court blocked President Biden's vaccine mandate for small businesses. I think it was so critical that the Supreme Court took a stand against unregulated bureaucrats through OSHA creating mandates. It was an expansion of the executive branch. It should not have happened. And the Democrats would have used this to do other things down the line. So this was a critical precedent setting case. Which challenge is that? The government shouldn't be mandating vaccines. What challenges, though, do you think still lie ahead for business owners and their employees? You know, I think it's getting better. I think businesses are now able to choose for themselves. We don't have to enforce mandates. So um, having that happen at the Supreme Court level was key. We're not going to have to take on the expense of testing every week, and our employees are going to be able to not be afraid of being fired in case they get the vaccine. Chairwoman, the president right now having a tough time getting his party together. You know, he pushed hard for a change to the filibuster rule to pass voting legislation. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema not on board. Take a listen. And while I continue to support these bills, I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division infecting our country. The debate over the Senate 60 vote threshold shines a light on our broader challenges. What do you make of this deep division right now within the Democratic Party and also the push from the president to change the filibuster? What's at stake? You know, I think uh, the Democrats ha are going after Cinema and Manchin so much, and they have been very clear that they were not going to get rid of the filibuster. They have never deviated on this. This has been something they've been very strong on. And for Joe Biden and Democrats to be demonizing their own party really shows how much trouble they're in. And it's been a bad week for Joe Biden, but it's been a worse year for the American people. So I'm not really worried about all his losses. I'm worried about the American people dealing with inflation, with COVID not being solved, with an open border, with rising concerns about Russia, gas being so high. So Joe Biden's failed us on every level, and Cinema and Manchin did the right thing this week. As Democrats do work to pass some kind of voting law, New York Democrats voted to allow non-citizens to vote. And I spoke to Congressman Byron Donalds from Florida about this the other day. Here's what he had to say about it. They know that if they just start giving out benefits, giving out rights, it makes people more, it gives them more propensity to vote for them, regardless of the outcome of their policies, the content of their, of their ideas, or frankly, if they're even competent or not in doing their jobs. So these are, these are sick, cynical, political ploys they're not in the best interest of our cities. They're not in the best interest of our country. Chairwoman, the RNC joined a lawsuit challenging this new law. So talk us through the lawsuit. So we're suing New York City. New York City just allowed 800,000 non-citizens to vote in their city elections. This is so wrong. It's contrary to everything our country stands for. You should be a citizen to vote. 
and we're pushing back. We believe we will win because the New York State Constitution says that citizens are the only ones that have the right to vote. Speaking of elections, you've already got your eyes set on 2024, the presidential race. After nearly a decade of criticism, the Republican Party is now demanding reform from the Committee on Presidential Debates. I want to read a little bit of your letter right here because you explained to the committee, so long as the CPD appears intent on stonewalling the meaningful reforms, the RNC will take every step to ensure that future Republican presidential nominees are given that opportunity elsewhere. The RNC will initiate the process of amending the rules of the Republican Party to prohibit future Republican nominees from participating in CPD-sponsored debates. Accordingly, the RNC will initiate the process of amending the rules of the Republican Party at your uh, upcoming winter meeting so you can prohibit future Republican nominees from participating in these CPD-sponsored debates. So, Chairwoman, how do you foresee this decision impacting future presidential debates? How hopeful are you that the committee is going to even agree to some of this reform that, that you want? Well, first, let's be clear. We want debate. We want fair debates. We know Republicans win when we have a fair debate. But the CPD has had a history of bias, going back from Donna Brazile giving a question to Hillary Clinton, to Candy Crowley. But this year, they picked a moderator that worked for Joe Biden. They started debates well after voting had started. And they had committee members openly criticizing our nominee. And those were three things that we asked for them to say to 74 million Republicans we are not gonna allow, they refuse. And so we need to start a process to give our nominee the right for a fair playing field when it comes to debate. And that's why we're doing this now. We absolutely want debate. We are just not gonna go through an organization that will not commit to fair debate. What kind of response have you gotten so far from them? N nothing. Uh, you know, they're saying to us, we only work with the nominee. But here's the thing. The nominee is not in place till Ju July or August of 2024. So by the time the nominee is set, it's over. The moderators are done, the venues are picked. There's no time to negotiate. So that's why the RNC is stepping in now and saying, we are advocating for our nominee to say simple things like the moderator shouldn't have worked for the Democrat or debate should start before early voting. I think most Americans would agree that the RNC is being very reasonable with these requests. Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel, we appreciate you joining us this morning here on the National Desk. Great to see you. Happy New Year again. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. You're listening to our weekly podcast, The National Desk Conversations, featuring newsmaker interviews from The National Desk, America's News Now. Next on episode 19 of our podcast, pollster Frank Luntz. Today officially does mark one year since President Joe Biden was sworn into the White House. After many empty promises to his own party, the president still finding himself facing one crisis after another with these falling poll numbers and now voters shifting away from the Democratic Party. Well, our next guest says the shift in party preferences proves the Republican Party is now, quote, building back better. Pollster and strategist Frank Luntz of FIL Inc. joins us this morning. Frank, good morning and again, welcome to the National Desk. Let's talk about these new poll numbers from Gallup. Again, 47% of respondents say they lean Republican, 42% say they lean Democrat. But when you take a look at the changes that took place over the course of the last year, check out this graph. Look at 2021, the first quarter right there, 49% of Americans identified 
or said that they lean toward the Democratic Party and just 40% for the Republican Party. So this is a swing of 14 points in one year. And Frank, the largest shift that Gallup has seen in its 30 years of polling. So what are your takeaways when you see poll numbers like this? This has happened three times. In 1994, when Republicans captured the House after 40 years, it happened in 2010 when re Republicans regained the House, and it happened for the Democrats in uh, 2018. This tells me that there is going to be a shift in congressional control, and there might even be a shift in Senate control. By the way, let's be candid. This is not an embrace of the Republican Party. This is simply a rejection of Joe Biden and the Democrats. They promised a strong economy, and people are suffering through inflation. They promised a sense of security and the issues of, uh, of crime and immigration have worked against the Democrats. In fact, there are so many headwinds against this president and against the majority that you could see a landslide in November of 2022 if these numbers hold. Well, we've got record inflation, we've got raging COVID, we've got rising crime. You say there is something the president can do to turn this around before the midterms. What is that? Well, I'm not sure because his communication strategy is off, his policies are off. And the point that you just made, these are day-to-day -day concerns of everyday ordinary Americans. And that's the problem, that's the challenge for the president. He's taking ideological solutions and trying to apply them to the day-to-day -day concerns. And that doesn't work for a majority of Americans. What the president needs to do is number one, acknowledge that he's made mistakes over the last year. Number two, acknowledge how people are suffering, that they can't afford to drive to work, they can't afford the food at work, that they're really struggling right now. And third, get away from the politics and actually do what he promised, which is more of a unity effort. People don't want partisanship, they don't want politics, they want results and they want solutions. Frank, I want you to take a look at these numbers from Politico and Morning Consult who asked voters to rate the president. 11% gave him an A, 20% a B, 18% a C, and 12% gave him a D. Frank, how does President Biden compare to past presidents after their first year in? It's one of the lowest ratings. And by the way, you don't have the F up there. And the F is the one that's significant because more people give him an F than anything else. It's an issue of expectations versus reality. And that's why I question whether things are going to change for him over the next 10 months. If you tell people that happy days are here again and you're in the middle of a recession or you're struggling to make ends meet, that doesn't work. You can't make promises you don't keep and you need a success for people to point to. I'm watching what happened, what's happening in Ukraine right now. I'm watching what happened in Afghanistan a few months ago. Even on foreign policy, the president is struggling. These are not good days for this administration and it's not good days for the Democratic Party. His party knows it too. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders said Democrats are gonna be wiped out in the 2022 midterms unless the president can significantly turn things around right now. Uh, what that means has, has a, a different meaning to every Democrat because Tim Ryan, Congressman from Ohio, said Democrats have to be clear on what they're trying to do and have to do a better job of getting out of their own way. You have advised politicians on both sides. So from a strategic perspective, what would you advise a Democrat to campaign on right now? How would you advise a Democrat who's fighting for their, for their job and wants a chance to come back to Capitol Hill for another term? Three, three suggestions. Number one, 
I get it. I understand. I hear you, and I will be your voice in Washington. Number two, a government that is more efficient, more effective, and more accountable. And number three, I'm not going to make promises I cannot keep. These are commitments that I'm making to you right now. I'll write it down. You can hold me accountable in November. That's what they're looking for. And the issue right now, challenge for the Democrats, is this exactly what the Republicans are saying. So, so it's pretty hard to regain your, your mojo when your opposition party is saying and doing exactly what you should be doing. All right, Frank Lentz, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Hope to see Thank you, you soon. Thank you. That's episode 19 of the National Desk Conversations. Join me each weekday morning from 6 to 11 Eastern for the National Desk, America's News Now. Check your local listings or you can stream it on our website, thenationaldesk.com. Our podcast comes out twice a week with fresh newsmaker interviews. The conversation continues. Until next time, from the National Desk, I'm Jan Jeffcoat.